0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. I want to talk to you about a man called, a boy, a boy called Gideon. Yeah, I know you think you've heard about him. Let me tell you a little differently. In the book of Judges, chapter 6. Spreker wirstek says. (laughs) En omdat jy nou so lekker Afrikaans <laughs> praat, gaan ons maar verder daarmee aan. Wie kan nie Afrikaans verstaan nie. Wer kan nicht Deutsch reden? Gibt da jemand da auch nicht? Now you guys are lost. Okay. Gideon Judges chapter 6 verse 1. The Israelites, those are those Jews, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of the Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs and strongholds. Could read that for some time there was COVID-19 in the earth. And because of that, people had to live at home and not come out of their houses and wear masks. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Eastern people invaded the country. Whenever people thought it was over, the next new wave came. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor donkeys nor cattle. These Midianites came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms. Of locusts, that's what they were like. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. COVID would like to destroy everybody. Millions so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord. When people got tired enough of COVID, they finally prayed. But they could play en TV cake, but they didn't geld is Then they to bed. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave them your land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in those land you live. In whose land? But you have not listened to me. So because they would worship the other gods, God said, do not worship other gods. Now we're going to change the scene. Go to Act 2, Scene 3. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. And it belonged to Joash, the Bizarite, where his son, where his son, a young kid, Gideon was threshing out in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. So he was trying to get some food, and there he was, hiding away. And the angel of the Lord said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This is what he said. This is very important you understand what he said. Pardon me, Lord given and applied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? We always think that if God is with us, why is he allowing stuff to happen? If we serve in God, then how can God allow, and why would God not even intervene? We have an expectancy. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and has given us into the hand of Midian. So he's telling you that he expects God to help. That there is only one God and that he's frustrated because he doesn't understand why God's not doing it. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of the million's hand. What? Does my voice annoy you? You obviously haven't seen that movie. Peter the Rabbit, you haven't seen Peter the Rabbit? Little Peter Rabbit goes, what? Does my voice annoy you? Watch the movie, it's cute, come on now. I've got grandkids, I've got 10 grandkids. Yeah, 10 of them. And they watch that stuff. I have to watch it too. I haven't got to pay for them to watch the movie sometimes. Yeah. You've heard of El Shaddai? I'm El Shaddai's (laughs) grandpa. Go in the strength you have. What strength could he possibly have? What is God talking about? How can this young kid Have strength. Am I not sending you? (laughs) Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? (laughs) My clan, which is the group, the team I'm in or the tribe I'm in, is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least, which means I'm the baby. I'm the youngest. I'm the child in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. You will strike down all the Midianites. One shot, all 100,000 of them. Gideon replied, if now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. When you're young, you need a sign if you're not confident. God has no problem with a sign. If you're wondering what strength Gideon had, I'll tell you if you want to hear it. He had great strength. Because he's young, he was a kid still. His dad had a whole altar to Baal. A good Jew who was not young, who knew God, who was raised in God and had many more years of serving God than Gideon did. He's seen God in action, yet, yet, he had an altar to Baal and an Asaph pole to the other gods. So this Jew, his dad, who was a wonderful man, a Jew, had compromised, but Gideon hadn't. He was a boy. I know this because he says, sir, pardon me, but if God's really with us, how come we're going through all this stuff? Well, if you believe in different gods, you wouldn't be holding him accountable. In his mind, he's thinking there is no other God. Why isn't God helping us? I believe what I've heard about God delivering us. Why then is not all those wonders happening now? That's what he's trying to figure out, which tells me he still had faith and unpolluted confidence in the living God. That was his strength. But he struggled with insecurity. It's not a big deal for the Lord. God is not at all stressed by human failings. He's more stressed about bad attitudes. Let me explain. Can we explain to you? You had twelve disciples. Do you remember them? Bunch of idiots they were. They were not the best. You had Judas, backstabber, had the bookkeeper. He was the bookkeeper. It was never money. They had to always go find money inside of fish. Then you had James and John, sons of thunder, they were called, because they were full of righteousness. Yet when Jesus tells them sons of thunder, that he must die and be delivered in the hands of enemies, all these sons of thunder could think about, who's going to beat the left and the right in heaven with you? He's telling of his suffering, and they're only worried about their position. It's like a, use me or lose us. Yeah, and then there's Thomas. Have you ever heard of Winnie the Pooh? Well, Thomas was Eeyore. The biggest whiner you could find. Right? He had to feel. He saw the miracles. He experienced them, but he still had to touch Jesus for himself. That wasn't the only thing. In John 11, Jesus says we have to go back to Jerusalem. And they all say, you can't go. They're going to kill us. And he says, no, we walk by the, walk in the supernatural light of God. We'll be fine. Read of yourself in John 11. And it's Thomas that says, let us go with him and die with him. It's like all I hear is Eeyore. These are the wonderful disciples. And then there's Peter. Talk about brain damaged. <laughs> what person in his right mind walks on water? Who leaves the boat? None, no one else did. Why do you want to leave the boat? Where are you going to go? I, I, don't, I don't know. It I just looks so cool. Right. They're up in the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory of God. Moses is there, Elijah. And he wants to build a tent. Shall I, shall I, shall I build a tent, Jesus? Why? What's you going to do with a tent? Moses was here before we were. Why, why would we need a tent? Strange fellow. Jesus said, my hour is not yet come. And then when the time had come, my hour is now upon me. And then they come to arrest him. And Peter, who's so smart, has got a little sword. And now he's going to attack the whole Roman army. <laughs> he couldn't even kill one fella. Nicked his ear off. That's my hero, Peter. Wow. What a, what a man. What a hero in my life. Why am I telling you all this? I've forgotten really why I'm telling you all this about the disciples. Okay. So the disciples, he had all these disciples and two of them were high profile. One was Peter and one was John. Just for those who don't know, Peter was about 24 when he met Jesus. He'd just gotten married. He had a wife. He came from his town called Capernaum with his brother. And so did John. John was, only John was 18. He was a young teenager. He was the one disciple that lived into his 90s. All the disciples were martyrs. They were killed, not John. John died on an island called Patbos. He wrote the book of Revelation, and he's old. He was well into his 80s and his 90s. I don't know whether he was really getting senile, but Revelation's pretty strange. He wrote the book of John. Before that, in, it's true, in, in Ephesus with the help of some of his disciples. But John was only 18 and he met Jesus. And he says in John, in his book of John, five times, he said, the one who Jesus loved. Nobody else says that but him. He's so convinced that you're special, but no one else felt that. <laughs> it's true, I'm telling you the truth. And yet Jesus said, He said that one of you is a devil. It will betray me. And then, will, it be me? will it be me? ask, ask him, John, who, who it is. Because it was Judas, and he called him a devil, and called him wicked. But Peter betrayed the Lord three times. John only denied the Lord once. Peter did it three times, and Jesus said, "Peter, the devil's asked to sift you, but I prayed for you. You're gonna no, I'm going to stick with you. <laughs> you'll deny you'll deny me three times. No way, wait, Three times tonight you'll deny me before the night is through, and that." And even before he did it, Jesus said, and when you come back. So he was restored before we even fell. The Lord is not stressed by your struggles, but by your heart's attitude. When you are full of hatred, when you are full of rebellion, when you are full of whatever your heart condition messes you up, that God doesn't care for. Just like Judas' heart was hardened. Peter was weak. He didn't want to fall. He made so many mistakes. God is very tolerant of your mistakes and your weaknesses. Are you with me? Now, Gideon was just weak. He was a young kid. So he says, now, if you are really going to help me, can you just do this for me? Give me a sign. I I need to know you're telling me all these mega things that are a bit scary for me. So I need to hear from you what, I need a sign. So he says, "Uh, uh, please do not go away until I come back, verse 18, chapter 6, and bring, uh, uh, till I bring my offering for you. And the the angel said, I'll wait for you. Go. And Gideon went inside, and he he, he prepared a young goat. And from an ephah flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in the basket and his broth in the pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said, hey, take the meat. And then leave him bread, place them on the rock. Go ahead, put them right there. And then pour out all the broth on them. And Gideon did so. The angel stood back, and he took the, the staff, in his hand, and the tip of the staff was in his hand, he he touched that, the offering, and a fire flared up from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. He asked for a sign. When Gideon realized that it was an angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Sovereign Lord, I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Because Jews know that if they see God, they're going to die. They do. That's what the Bible says. No one's seen God God face-to-face and lived. And so the angel says to him, but the Lord said to him, take it down, son. Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Chill. So Gideon chilled or built an altar to the Lord and and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day stands an offerer of the Bezerites. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd and one seven years old and tear down your father's altar to Baal. And, And then Cut down the asher pole beside it. Then build a proper altar. And a kind of, so now he's nice going against his dad, right? And to the Lord your God, on top of this height, using the wood of the asher pole, you cut down, offer the second bulls a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants. This is the weaker tribe of Manasseh, he said. We're just a weak clan. Well, they've got 10 servants. Can't be that weak and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and townspeople, he did it at night. So he's young, and he'll do what God says, but he's a little bit, of, little bit nervous. None of you can relate to that, right? All of you, but come on. <laughs> and so in the morning when the people of the town got up, there was the Baal's altar demolished, and the Astropole beside a cut down second bull sacrifice on the newly built altar. They asked, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, the son of Joash, did, and the people of the town demanded that bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar. But Joash's dad said to him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights to him shall put to death by the morning. If Baal really is God, he can defend himself when someone breaks his own altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerubbaal. That day, is that day, letting Baal contend with him. So his father defended him. And when you do something that God wants you to do, always, God always raised up somebody to help you. But the real strength that Gideon had was the fact that he was untouched, pure-hearted, dedicated to God. He wasn't serving two gods like his father. And so you have a strength inside of you being young, that you trust God. You have all kinds of struggles. And God's not stressed by that. Gideon had a struggle. He had lack of confidence for sure. He just needed one sign after the other. After that angel sign, he was told by God uh, to get some soldiers together, and he got 32,000. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot. Not a lot when you've got 100,000 Midianites that are fighting you. 100,000 to 32,000 were a little outnumbered. Tall, dark and handsome. Anybody pleased? Anybody interested in him? Raise your hand. Are you blushing? (laughs) Don't think so. All right. So he's getting old now. He's 21 already, right? He's old. Wow. I was married when I was 21. Yeah. Look at me. I'm now road hard and put up with 10 grandkids, about to have great grandkids and very soon. Weesh. Tired, tired, y'all. Okay, so, back to Gideon. There's many Gideons in this room that are uncorrupted, unmessed up. You have strength inside of you, but you have your human failings. Don't look at that, because Gideon still needed a fleece. If I, if I give you a, a sheepskin, uh, please can give me a sign. Make everything wet, but keep this dry. And the next morning, oh, it's dry. Uh, maybe it's a coincidence. Okay, God, make everything dry and this wet tomorrow. So he kept on looking for a sign. He had a lot of struggles with looking for signs. He said to be sure. God says, You know, you're 32,000 soldiers. Yeah, we got too many. So he reduces them to 20,000. It's a lot less than he had before. Uh, we still got too many, Gideon. What? We've got to have them bring them over to the lake. Let them drink some water here. And the ones that drink, that go down to drink like little animals, get rid of them. The ones that take their hands, let them stay. That's only 300 of those, God. That's enough. Huh? 300 against 100,000. Something's wrong with that math. I'm with you. Right. Such a good thing. Yeah, you're with me. Then why is all this stuff happening? Why pick me? Why don't you send someone, Josh, someone else, send someone else? Because you don't feel like, why me? Why? Why me? I don't want to do this. And so, God knew how to strengthen Gideon. He sends him down into the enemy's camp. All these million knights, 100,000 are camped in this valley. And he gets in there, he's got disguise on, and he hears the guys talking, oh, It's just a dream last night. You dream? Yeah, I saw Bolilo come down, the hill rolling, and it's crushing my tent. Whoa, that's the army of Gideon. They're going to destroy us. And Gideon's hearing these guys full of fear that God gave them dreams to make them scared. They'd be afraid. It's amazing how God will prepare everything. So they surrounded the camp, 300 of them, 100,000 surrounded by men with, with, <laughs> with a shofar in one hand and a light fackle burning in the other hand. And they sounded the trumpets and the enemy killed themselves because God was with him in his long, hard journey. And he's going to destroy all of them in one shot. But the strength that he had to go in was the purity of heart, dedicated to God. So here I am tonight to appeal to you as young people, if anything else, guard your heart. From that comes the issues of life. Make sure that you are devoted and dedicated to the Lord, that you love him and put him first in every way, and then God will give you the strength. Don't try and work out how, how can this be if God's really with us and why? Don't forget that. Let God work it out for you but make sure your heart's right. You must always check your heart. How do I check my heart? Well, I, I'm honest with myself. I ask myself questions. And I, if I can answer them right, and I know what's right, I know what it ought to be, you can pretend that you've forgiven someone. You can pretend that you like someone and you're not against them. You can pretend that you're not angry. You can pretend, but really the truth is, God knows your heart. And if your heart's devoted to Him and you love Him first and foremost it'll become more natural to walk his way. So the strength of Gideon was actually in the purity of his heart. Not in his age, not in his world. He had no warrior training whatsoever. He didn't know what he was doing, but he had God on his side. And when you obey the Lord and you do what God says, you've got the winning, you've got the winning lottery number already in your hand because you've got the power of God with you and behind you. Am I not... Sending you. Now, God sends you, but sometimes people were not sent. They just went. So I need you to be sure that your heart's right and that God is really sending you. It's okay to ask for a fleece or a confirmation. God is not stressed by if you are sincere. If you are playing games with God, looking for signs, it's going to get messed up. Are you hearing me? You're too excited in this room, you need to take it down a notch.